Hi and welcome to the Real Estate Community Network Podcast. The RECN is where you can network with other real estate investors regionally and nationally, share your memories, connect with others, make new friends with like-minded real estate investors just like you. Now to the podcast with the co-founders of the RECN, Mike Bazadona and Steve Franco. Hey everyone, this is Mike Bazadona. I'm here with my partner, Steve Franco. We are the founders of the Real Estate Community Network, and this is our podcast. So today we're going to be talking to Troy Good, which is, a, a, I guess, a general contractor, contractor, what are we, a professional contractor? Real estate general, con- general contractor. Or the guru of contractors, maybe. Maybe we'll say that. <laughs> maybe. Right, right. <laughs> that sounds good. All right. So Troy, let's get going with this. So let's get a, let's hear a little bio about yourself and how, if you got into real estate and how you got into contracting, and we'll take it from there. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thanks for having me on guys. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm 52 years old. Actually I'll be 52 in September. Well, happy birthday. But I feel like, I feel like I'm already there. So, uh, but I started, I started my own business when I was 21 and really didn't have any business being in business, uh, as I look back, but I had had a year, like two years in construction and, um, the guy I was working for was moving to the other side of the state. So I thought, well, I think I'm going to try this on my own. So I got, I planned for like a few months, got, I thought I had about three months worth of work lined up. By the time I actually started, I had three days worth of work lined up. Wow. <laughs> uh, everybody, everybody like was supportive until it came really down to it. Then it was like, nope, we're not, we're getting somebody else. So we want some anyways, experience. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the lesson. I mean, now when I look back, I remember specifically looking, I was at a job where these people didn't know me. They got me my name from somebody else and I went over there and they, they were looking to get an addition put on their house. Right. And I, and when they saw me at the time, I was like skinny and had a baby face and stuff. (laughs) And, um, and they, I could see the fear in their eyes. Like they were thinking, no way this guy is, and that was the time I was like, yeah, this is going to be hard for me. Uh, but I kept hustling. And for the first year or two, you know, there were times where I didn't know what I was doing from one day to the next. But I would I would get on the phone and call people and ask them if they needed help. And um, that's how I got things going. And then I, 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 would, I would bid jobs that I didn't necessarily know how to do and then hire friends of mine that were older that knew how to do it. And so I would, I would learn how to do the job. Uh, through them so i was kind of like their boss and apprentice at the same time so smart you just yeah so right and so i learned a lot that way i did that most for a long time uh then i had like it was me and another guy for a while and then in 2000 in the early the late 90s early 2000s i bought started buying real estate and again had no training no idea what i was doing um i didn't know there were these real estate groups and so I just started buying properties and renting them out, fixing up, renting them out. And um, I accumulated about 25 doors. And at the time, my, I had five young kids. So I was trying to run my construction company, grow that, manage my family, my kids. And 25 and, tenants. Yeah. And I was doing everything. So... I burned out pretty quick. My wife hated it. Um, so I sold everything in 2005 and six and we worked, you know, we made out well cause we bought stuff that was dilapidated. I was going to ask you, up. I was going to ask you, so did you own them outright or you leveraged or how'd you do it? I figured uh, we, you were finding you know, distressed properties. I had, 
Yeah, I had well the first. So the first one, how I got the ball rolling was the first one I bought was a is two half doubles on three acres, and it was an older guy that owned it. And he lived there his whole life. He was like eighty, but he couldn't take care of it anymore. I said to him, "I'm like Paul. I'm looking at the place. I'm like, I'm like, sir, if I buy this place, what are you going to do?" And he just threw his hands up. He says, "I don't know. I just can't take care of it anymore." So long story short, he owner financed it, and I bought it. And then his owner finance was for like two years. And then at the end of that two years, I was buying a four unit. So I got a blanket mortgage on both of them. And, you know, I had the equity ball was rolling at that point. So yep. I didn't have to put a lot of money out of pocket. Awesome. Um, yeah. So then, so then it became easier, but that's how I got started. So, so that I sold everything, cashed out, made out good, you know, was able to put on some bedrooms for the kids and stuff like that. But, wasn't wasn't smart enough or new enough or had enough guidance to really take some of that money and put it back into other real estate or assets that were going to grow, you know? So was that before um, 2008 when you sold out? Yes. Okay. Yep. I, that's what I'm saying. I made out, I, it looks like I was a genius you at that smart. point because, <laughs> yeah, but it was just, uh, it was just good timing. Uh, but I, I stayed out of it. And then a buddy of mine kept after me. He's like, you got to buy in Reading, you got to buy in Reading. And Anybody that knows Reading from the outside, it's like, no, don't invest there. Like, it's a D-class community and whatever. So I I dipped my toe in there. I, I researched it, joined a RIA group, an older RIA group, for like a year and just kind of studied from a distance. Then I decided to buy one. I bought one at a short sale in 2010, and then I bought another one in 2012, and I was pretty content just to handle them like i didn't have these aspirations of buying a lot of properties so then uh so around 2008 when the construction business was really hit uh that's when i was really uh kind of awakened to like you know what i gotta do something different like because if if i can't work i can't make money yep and and my oldest son had wanted to get into the business and in the carpentry so I started doing networking and going to networking meetings and, uh, you know, had became basically tried to scale the business, um, eventually did that and got myself off the job and just was working on sales and things like that. And, um, and so that's, that's kind of what the business grew to from that. And then in 2000, end of 2018, I was invited to a, uh, what I thought was a open house at like a, uh, surplus center by friends of mine that owned it. And so I decided to go, I get there and there's like all these people there that know each other. And I'm like, this is weird. Like I thought this was an open house, but everybody here knows each other. Here it was an REI meeting. And, and so the uh, leader of it, April Crossley, probably a lot of you guys know her. Uh, yeah. She was, she came, she saw, she saw this new person in the group and was like, come over to me. And she's like, who are you? You know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, well, who are you? I had no idea who she was at the time. And, um, so we got talking and she was like, why aren't you buying properties? And I said, I've oh, been there, done that. I have no interest in doing that anymore. And, uh, she's well, that's cause you were doing it wrong. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, what was I doing wrong? You know? Yeah. And basically the whole idea of trying to do everything yourself. And, uh, so, and I had, you know, learned how to scale my construction business. So, um, I kind of thought about it for a while and then I decided, all right, I'm going to, my kids are older, so I have more time and I'm like, I'm going to get back into it. So January of 19, I, I called her up and said, okay, I'm, I'm doing this, find me some properties. 
So uh, since then, we've bought about 40 properties in the last three or four years. And we flipped some of them. We kept about, uh, I think right now, you have like maybe close to 30. Okay. And then, um, and then just recently in April, I formed an LLC with my two oldest boys. It was actually their idea. They were like, they decided they wanted to buy real estate. And so then they decided it probably wasn't a bad idea to ask their dad to join them. Sure. Fund um, it. Yeah. <laughs> dad, fund the deal, dad. <laughs> right. So, uh, so we did that in April. And so far we've got, let's see, two, two units. And we have three more properties under contract that are settling in the next month. Excellent. So, Excellent. yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about what we do. And I also do some, real estate coaching, um, with April Crossley at, uh, her, with her company, lazy girl, REI. And yes, you just had a big event, correct? Yeah. Right. Last Saturday yeah. we had like a, a boot camp and stuff. So Steve I'm was actually, pretty heavy. Steve was actually going to go and, uh, my daughter had a graduation party. So I said, you can't go. You have to come to my graduation party. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to pick up the next one, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, actually, uh, on Tuesdays at three, we do this coffee chat thing and it's just, a one hour program. We talk about different stuff. Sometimes it's more scripted. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, Hey, we're going to just meet. Let's just talk about what's happening with our week this week. Now, I, is that, I, is that live on zoom or it's in live? Person? It, it's, it's, a uh, it's live. Um, and it's streamed on to her YouTube channel and onto her Facebook, Facebook channel. Okay. Yeah. 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 So if, uh, if you shoot us a link for that, that'd be great. Yeah. We'll put that actually on the details of the podcast. Okay. Yeah, sure. So, yeah, we just started the uh, the coffee chat thing on Tuesdays, and it's been it's been fun. And I think it's it's one of those things like people can jump on, and listen, and they can ask questions. So, uh, we've been able to help a lot of people out that way. Yeah, see, and that's then, uh, that that's pretty neat. We were thinking about doing like I was thinking about doing a Monday morning breakfast thing. Right, right. I like breakfast, but yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have yeah. the eggs. Gotta yeah. have the eggs. Yeah. All right. So great. So so actually, today we're going to talk about contracting. Correct. Yeah. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. how to find the right guy, how to vet them, right. everything about them. I mean, yeah, like, uh, us as uh, us as investors, contractors are like, they're tough. You yeah, know, I, <laughs> I I never get the right one. They're absolutely essential, but it's uh, my wife calls it the parade of idiots. It's bring them in, try them out. They fail next. And, that's uh, a very, that's a very good description. I like that. The parade of idiots. Yeah. Troy, that doesn't. When he's not talking about you. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> Listen, the contractors have pretty thick skin too, so we can handle it. Yeah, and I, I know. Listen, the the thing is, it the fact that ninety five percent of them stink make those five percent of us that are good make us look good even even yeah. more. Yes. So yes, you know, then we praise you. Yes, exactly. So let's. <laughs> I guess how do we find a good contractor? Right. So well, first of all, so the the one of the questions that comes up all the time is, I, I hear all the time people comment like all their complaints about contractors, like. Why doesn't he answer the phone? Why why can't I get a bill from him? He came over and looked at the job, but he's not getting back to me. Like yep. and they and they don't understand it. So I think you gotta kinda look first of all, like uh, you most of your contractors are not businessmen. Okay. They are people or they're tradesmen who are good at their skill, right? That just happen to go in business. So they, what happens is they be, they're really good at their skill. They're working for somebody else, and they're like, man, I could do some of this part-time. So they start doing it part-time. Next thing you know, they, they dive into business. 
Well, they've never had any business training. They're not necessarily very good dealing with people or even have great social skills, but they're, they're good at what they do. So that's the kind of, so what happens is they start doing on the job on their own, their work on their own, right? So they're working all day. Then they're like, well, I got to look at these jobs at night. So then they go ahead and look at jobs at night. When do they bid to jobs at night? Yep. They can't take it off work during the day because now they're not making money, you know? So they, they've quickly become so busy that believe it or not, they don't even have time to send out bills. And um, so that's, that's what happens to them. And they don't know how to scale it from there, nor, nor do they necessarily want to. Um, but that's, that's the, that's the contractors. Now, why, why are, is there seem to be a shortage of contractors? Because a lot of your people in the trades have retired over the last five, 10 years, and not as many people are going into it. Um, throw into that the whole, depending on where you lived, this mass exodus of people moving out of cities into the suburbs have, you know, pushed, um, and, and there's less and less people to service them. So, so it's harder than ever, in my opinion, I've been doing this for 30 years, um, harder than ever to find good contractors. Um, and the other thing is for the first time in forever, the contractors are in the driver's seat. Like, you know, if you got a good one, but you, you almost have to take his price and, and get the job done because you know, the alternative, the alternative is really, is really rough. Yeah. I'm agreeing with you. You know, it's, it's, they are in the driver's seat from our, we've had handyman to contractors and even the handyman's price have doubled. Yeah. Well, they, now they know that they can, and that's the thing. That's the dangerous part because you think you're, supposedly getting a, a professional and it's really a handyman yes yeah yeah and that's that's where things get dangerous but um so how do yeah, we and okay contractors can contractors can cherry pick the jobs they want right now so that's the other thing because there, there um, is so much work and i yes and right. i think with even the market changing a little bit people are going to say hey i'm not going to sell my house and maybe i'm just going to renovate it yeah they've been doing that for quite a while and um there's there's more and more uh, jobs out there so they can they can pick those jobs even more and i think the younger so, kids aren't looking to get in they've been playing xbox playstation for the last 20 years true right there's not as many going into it they don't know how to lift a hammer right yep and they don't want to and like no. i mean think about i don't i don't know where how it is where you're at today but it's super hot and humid today there's not a lot of people that are we're going to choose that, that <laughs> right. lifestyle, no. right? Hey, go so. in an attic, no air conditioning. I've never right. been on a job site that was properly air conditioned or heated. So therefore, that's yeah. not my choice for, for an afternoon in the summer. Yeah. All year right. round, it's never yeah. good. Yeah, It's too hot. So, too so the question is, how do you find them, right? Yes, how do I find a good contractor and how do I vet them after that? Right. So, so the, first, uh, the first thing is if you can find a good referral, obviously, that's the best one. Like somebody you know. That says, "Hey, I had a good experience." So, you know, you, you're you're going to ask around if you're it's, if you're doing a flip, it's you know, it's one thing. If you're doing a home renovation, it's another. Uh, there's a lot of these community groups on Facebook, like like some developments have like a a shared page just for that development, and they they share information and stuff on different contractors that they have. So what about um, like a, what about like an Angie's list or something? I've never used it, but I mean, yeah. is that something an investor yeah, think, uses or that's a homeowner? Um, 
I think I think you can find them there. There's also one called Thumbtack. Yes, Thumbtack. Yes. Yeah. So that's those are other areas. I think the bottom line is like you're, like you said, you have to try them out, and um, you're going to sometimes going to hit some. You're going to hit. You're going to strike out, and sometimes you're going to home run. But when you hit a home run, you got to keep them. Another another way, another way is. Um, you know, go to Home Depot and Lowe's and sit out in the parking lot early in the morning and watch for the contractors come there, right? Um, you don't want to go there at 9 or 10 in the morning because those are the guys who are just starting. Like, I wouldn't want a contractor who starts at 9 in the morning. I, and Every contractor that was worth their weight always started early. Sure. Um, they should already be on the job working at 9 o'clock. So. Yeah, right. Um, home centers, like uh, if there's a lumber yard near you, Go in and ask them. Say, "Hey, who who is somebody I? If you're looking for somebody to build a deck, they're gonna they're gonna give you guys that are experienced in that. So that's one way. That's good um, advice. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing, like one of the things I do, because so I'm I've I've done contracting. We still do it. I have like a, a a few guys that just do our own work. We mostly do windows, roofing, decks, siding, and soffit and fascia stuff like that. Outside. Outdoor stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, but one of the things I do is, so I'm constantly hunting for new subs because I do most of my flips. I try and use subcontractors for that. So I, I'm, I, I feel your pain. I give, as a contractor, I go through the same thing, trying to find people. Um, and so I get some from referrals. But I also, when I'm, if I'm driving around, I see somebody working, I'll stop, talk to them, get their phone number. Um, if I'm in the car and there's somebody in front of me in a van that says Joe's painting, I'll take a picture of it. Yeah, and I, I've, I, I've done I, the same too. Yeah. You build a, and I think you just need, you build a list of different subcontractors that you're going to use and you just got to try them out. And that's, that's um, actually one of the things we're doing at real estate community network is we're starting to put together a contractor directory and what we're trying to make it make set it apart is we don't mind if the contractors put themselves in the directory, but the mm-hmm. reviews have to be experiences by people who've actually worked with them. Yes. And we that, actually want people to show us, hey, here's a picture before and after Joe was there. Because good, bad, or ugly, I don't want I don't want slander and I don't want the contractor's girlfriend giving him a good review. I right. want to make and sure the, someone's used it. And because the other thing is sometimes people will do they'll just give a referral from and they don't really know them. So you gotta be careful. You gotta have to vet that because People yeah. be like, "Oh, here's a number for you," and they just picked it up off the floor somewhere. You yeah, know? sure. So you could be calling their aunt or whoever. Right. I like your idea, though, um, that it has to be somebody who actually has some work done. Um, so then, so once you, once you like the whole idea of betting your the contractor, and I think you know most people. I since I've been doing it so long, I understand that when I go to look at a job. Like I'm entering into a short-term relationship with this person, like because well, it's you know your your things are going to go bad, right? Yes, things things are going there's going to be yeah. problems that come up, and I know that as a contractor, so I'm actually kind of interviewing the people at the same time they're interviewing me. Be- and like recently, I looked at a job, and the the guy was like, "Yeah, uh, yes, people have a hard time getting along with me for some reason." I'm like, hmm, okay. <laughs> well, I was getting that vibe from him even before he said that. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yep, I'm out of here. Like, Next. there's a reason, right? Sure. So, 
but the, the, you're entering into a relationship with these people. If you're going to build a, an addition for them, you're going to be there for a while. You're going to have to hold their hand and, and say, what do you want? You know, what colors do you want here? Do you like this flooring? Well, then when you put something in and they don't like it, how are they going to respond? Are they going to be mad? You know, there it's, it's very important. So uh, when you're interviewing a, a contractor, the first step is, you know, you get the referral, then you get on the phone call with them, right? And you're going to ask them certain questions like, how many, how many guys do you have? Are your guys subcontractors? Or are they full-time? Um, how many jobs do you have going down right now? How far out? Like, if you get this job, how, how long would it be till you could get to it? Um, how, long would, how long would it take to complete this type of job? Um, you know, all these questions are kind of learned from them what, what they're all about. Um, you know, ask them what areas they work in. Ask them what kind of work they like to do. You know, like if you have several different things, just say, what, ask them, what do you do first? Like, what do you like to do? What's your primary thing that you do? And what you're not good uh, at. Yeah. Me, what me, they and, like. me and Steve have asked that question before, and it does help us. You know, guys like, oh, I don't like yeah. to do drywall. Well, great. And right. I'm not giving you that job. And, and the, be- yeah. the best thing in the world is when they tell you what they don't want to do or what they're not good at. Yes. Hey, yeah, really- that, I appreciate that. A, that's a really good sign when they tell you that. I, I tell people, like, we can do drywall, but it doesn't it's not worth it like that's why we sub it out because it's other people i won't say they're going to do it better because we do a good job but like um we can do as good a job as them but they can do it a lot faster because they do it all the time yep so it makes more sense for them to do it um so you know you want you want to um interview them so the next on the phone kind of so if you got a good feeling about them and they're answering the right questions uh the right way then great if they're if you ask them, hey, you know, can you do this? And they say stuff like, "Yeah, I've always wanted to try that." You know, like, <laughs> try it somewhere else, dude. <laughs> or like, yeah, I was just googling that and thinking of trying it. You know, that or the guy that says they can do everything. Like, no, that's that's not good. Um, we don't want you for everything. Right, right. Um, I, I mean, we can do everything, but we're not good at everything. And like, we don't touch electrical. I don't. I, I should say I don't touch. Well, I don't touch anything anymore, really. But they. I still. When I was in it neck deep, I didn't touch electrical. I got shocked too many times. Yeah, I don't and that like was enough. You know, I stay away so, from it too. Yeah. So, uh, so then the next step is when you you go meet them at the job. So let's say um, we're talking to a lot of real estate investors here. So let's say you have this flip project you want to do, and so now you're going to meet them at the job. So you meet them there. You should have a, a scope of work already drawn out for them. And what I and and this it doesn't have to be super complicated. But what I do for my flips is I go in and I walk through every room and I write down all my thoughts. Like, all right, ceiling needs to be repainted, floor needs this, you know, the outlets are bad, whatever. And I go through every room, I write that down. Then I I get up on a, a one or two pieces of paper and I have the whole scope of work for the job. But what this will do is it, it'll help define, you know, what it'll, they'll like it. They're, they'll like it because they know exactly what you want. Part of the problem with being a contractor is the communication part and trying to figure out what people really want. Because some of them have in their mind what they want, but they have trouble communicating it. Other people have a general idea what they want, but have no idea about any details. So that scope of work helps helps start the conversation with that. 
Sure. And you, then you give them a blueprint. Right. And then you walk through and um, even though I've been doing this 30 years, I oftentimes the contractor will be like, Oh, well, why don't you do this instead of that? And I'll be like, Oh yeah, that's a good idea. You know, so you can adjust it there. Um, then the other thing is like when you're talking to them and you're meeting them in person, like there's, there's things to look for. Did he, did he get there on time? Right. Uh, if he wasn't going to be on time, did he call and say, Hey, I'm going to be late. Um, cause I don't, I don't really throw a lot of, I won't throw them under the bus if they're late, but if they don't show and they don't call, that's, that's bad news. You're right? done, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then as you're, as you're talking to them, you're going to get a vibe from them. Like, you know, like every, I don't get bent out of shape when people don't hire me sometimes because I understand that every there, everybody works with different people differently. They connect with different people. So knowing that you're kind of going into a short term relationship, you want to be able to connect and communicate and work with the, the, the contractor. So if you're just getting like, if he, if he's not answering you right, or, you know, he's too quiet or doesn't seem to know what he's doing, or you just get a general bad vibe from him. It's like, you Next. might want to stay, you might, well, yeah, you might want to just steer clear of him. Um, but you know, when you're excited about a job and stuff like that, sometimes you have a tendency to overlook the negative. So, you know, kind of look for both and, and just process the whole thing. Just like if you're going on a blind date or something, right. You know, um, just take it all in and see and, and go from there. So then the next thing is, you know, how do you, how do you, you find the contractor, um, how do you work with them? Well, I, I definitely suggest always having a written contract. Um, you know, you go from that scope of work that defines it to then having them put it in writing. And people ask me all the time, they're like, how, how specific should it be? Like how, how detailed should it be? Yeah. Should I say, Hey, you got to change 55 outlets, uh, two ceiling yeah. tiles. Yeah. I mean, the, the, I always say the more specific detailed it is, the better. Sure. Um, because it just, it, it, it's, it's less, I guess it's less to babysit also. Yeah. I don't have to, I don't have to be there and like, oh, well, he didn't do the ceiling tiles yet. Right. And you won't have that awkward conversation of, well, I thought you were doing this. Yeah. Right. Because that's what's going to happen. Right. And in in my experience, the the two biggest challenges have always, or the three biggest challenges, I guess, have always been the termination or correction clause, meaning, okay, at what, if he is, if he's not at the job, my contract says if you're not on the job two days straight and you don't get my permission to be somewhere else, contract is over. You know, well, da da da. Well, what I want to make sure is you're not taking another job. Um, yeah. You're not sticking somebody else in my timeline. And yeah. you know, the 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 other two that I always, you know, that not always, but that very often trip us over, is either who pays for materials, or my favorite is they want me to pay for materials and they still want one third up front on the job. So yeah. you want to be promised, you want me to pay you in advance of you showing up to accomplish anything when I took all the risk. Right. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah. having that all spelled out in the contract I've learned over the last period of time yeah. is key because, you know, because otherwise, well, well, there's nothing in the contract that you, that you can fire me if I don't show up. Okay. Well, there is now. <laughs> right. In every contract from here on out, there is. No. And I, and I like that, like having, uh, because what you know all of us have probably had contractors where 
you know, they say they're going to be done the job. This is what happens. They think it's going to take them a month, right? Yep. And they get to the end of the month and it's like they still have work to do. Well, now they're, now they're not, now they're probably losing money. Yeah. They're in trouble um, with somebody else's job. Yeah. Right. So they have, they need more money, but they can't get another draw from you. So now they have to go do something else. So I've had that happen too. Yes. And that's when you go to the job at two o'clock in the afternoon and you ask, where is he? Uh, he'll, yeah. be, he'll be right back. He left at 10 this morning. Yeah. yeah. Or, or you go to the job and you see him working down the street at the neighbor's house. That yeah. happened to me. I was like, um, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, how do you cover, and I don't want to where you're going, but how, how do you cover those kinds of things? Having been a contractor, like I know from a guy, I did my own maintenance. I did my own whatever, but I was never a contractor. So when I imposed this stuff on my contractors and said, listen, here's the deal. If you're not on my site for three days that we didn't discuss you not being there, contract over. And here are the penalties. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, that's unfair. That's unfair. This is the contractor's life. Da, da, da. Well, you know, how, how do you, having been as a contractor and now you're on the other side, how do you, how do you put that discipline in the contract without it seeming unfair? Yeah, so, so some of the other – something related to that along the same lines as that is, like, do you put in the contract that if they're not done by a certain date that yep. they get penalized? So um, from the contractor side, oftentimes the delays that are that come are out of my control. Some of them could be weather. Mm-hmm. Most of the time it's the, it's the homeowner. Like they change things. Well, then we have to – we have to order something that delays the job, which could delay, you know, it's like a domino effect. Right. right? So, um, it, it, it's not, I don't, I don't have an easy answer for this. I just think, um, asking the questions and having it in there, like, all right, this is supposed to, it's supposed to be done at this time. Right. I think that's a good way to start. Um, and I don't mind, I, I kind of like your clause about not being there three days you can fire them because you know, if they said it's going to, if they're, if they're saying, Hey, we're going to start the job, we're going to stay on it until it's done. Um, you know, that's, that's what they should do because it, then if something happens and let's say there's, um, uh, uh, something doesn't come in and there's nothing else they can do for a week until it comes in. Well, you know, that's where you have a conversation and like, okay, you know, we're going to go to another job for a week because there's nothing to do here. And, um, you know, that, yeah. that, that would work out fine. So I, I just think maybe I, I think, uh, trying to do it from a positive aspect, like, um, like I think with the subcontractors I use, like when I sub out a whole job like that, I try and leave a, enough at the end, like that pot of gold at the end that they're going to be motivated because nothing motivates them more than that money sitting there at the end of the job. So, um, I make sure my contracts with them are a little heavier loaded towards the back so that they're more motivated to get the job. Sure, because done. if you give too yeah. much up front. Right. They'll, it's they'll run with it. Keep yeah. in mind, these are not, these are not a lot of times business people. No. So, right. So they're not necessarily good with their money. Okay. So they, they sometimes are robbing Peter to pay Paul, you know, and, and we see that a lot. Yeah, yeah, and 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 also along with that is what 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 I found works for me on the handyman side. Not so much the skilled trades have their own different way of handling it. Is sort of a milestone setup where it's like, okay, 
you're the painter. Okay, your, your bill is $1,500. Great. Every room you complete is this. I will come in every Friday and the number of rooms you complete, this is the number of rooms yeah. you paid for. Yeah. That way that, that way, there's no, well, I think I'm half done. Well, there's 12 rooms. You only did three of them. You're not really half done. Right. <laughs> you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, some right. jobs you can't be that quantifiable with, but there are certain things like, hey, how many square feet of flooring did you put down? There's a, right. There's where we stand. Um, yeah. You know, but but I, I, you know, I'm guessing, I'm hearing you very well and saying that, you know, coming up with a way with your contractor that you both understand and, hey, you know what? You didn't tell me you wanted a double wide, you know, French door. We had to order that. Yeah. That's a special size. That's going to take two weeks. Yes. Okay. This, so, so the French door is clearly a, a timeline change. No question. Yeah. Right. But if 15,000 square feet of flooring were on the job site, why aren't we there? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think it comes back to, I mean, a lot of this comes back to communication, right? And I think right in the beginning, you're going to find that you know, if this guy is a, uh, a good communicator or not, like the other week I was talking to a couple of investors, they were running stuff by me, like, you know, about a contractor they were looking to hire. And as they're telling me about this guy, all these red flags are popping up, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. He didn't walk there because he was working down the road. He doesn't have a, uh, vehicle. Like that's why he's walking <laughs> yeah. around, you know, those kind of things. Um, but then at the same time, I I hired this contractor in um, at a job we're working on an hour and 10 minutes away from my house. And this guy, like I was meeting him at Home Depot because I was buying materials. Now, I don't typically do that, but I'm trying to build a relationship with this guy. It's in a new area, so I wanted to get to know him. So on the way there, it was like an hour and 20-minute drive. On the way there that morning, he actually calls me and he wanted to make sure I was still coming. Like that, that may not sound like a whole, like a big that's deal, huge. but oh, it is. It that's is definitely responsible for a contractor. Yeah. Th then I get there and he beats me there. Okay. <laughs> then I'm watching him in the store as he's his, he had those guys getting materials and he's waiting at the front and he's barking out order, orders. He has a sense of urgency. That's a, that's huge. Like yeah. there's not a lot of contractors. That's a lucky find. Yes, there's not a lot of people in general who have urgency, uh, but he had a sense of urgency. And as and as they're bringing the stuff past him and go, they're they're scanning it, he's telling me exactly what everything's being used for. When it's something that he's using for a, like his personal use, he's grabbing it and set it aside. Mm -hmm. Like all those are like green flags, in my opinion. Like, yeah. all right, this this is a good sign. Good I had, sign. I had a guy that was pretty good when it came to like buying stuff. He's like, "Why are you buying this? This is twenty five dollars. I need this. This is twelve. Right. Like, you know, I appreciated that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's trying. He's looking out for you. Yes. Like some of them, when they know when you're paying for it, they just buy. They don't care. They just fill the thing. shopping cart, and there we go. Right, right. And you got to watch that they're not taking other materials home and, for another job. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll. <laughs> Excuse me. I'll buy like uh, I'll give them a gift card for Lowe's or whatever uh, for you know whatever five hundred. Then they just save the receipts and give them to me, or I, yeah. or they'll or they'll email them to me. Sometimes I'll do like a phone, like they'll go they'll go there and then they'll just call me and I pay over the phone. Yeah, I just I like the phone orders a lot. I, yeah. I've ordered yeah. on my cell phone. Like we walked around the place and I ordered from Home Depot and Lowe's, and I just mm -hmm. I ordered right from my phone and it said it'll be ready in an hour. You know, go, right? Go pick it up. Yeah, that's perfect. You know, then I don't have to worry about anything. Right, right. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and then, like, so when you find a good contractor, like, how do you keep them? Like, how do you keep them? 
how do you get them to want to work for you, right? Um, well, and, be nice to them first of all, but yeah, being nice, paying paying on time, you know, they're going to appreciate that always, um, always. And I think, in a very general sense, uh, give them respect because it's not they're getting more respect now uh, than ever in a long time. But a lot for a long time they were put down, they were kind of looked down on as like lower level jobs and stuff, you know. And um, now all of a sudden everyone's realizing, wow, you can make a lot of money doing this, you know. And they so do. They do. They, they they do. Yes. Um, another thing you can do to motivate them is to feed them. They love food. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we, I, I, I can tell you, we did a job 15 years ago. And we were putting an in-laws addition on the house. And that lady made us some kind of homemade baked good every day at break. Like, and it was in the wintertime. So <laughs> I, I mean, I still remember that, that job because of all the food she gave us. Yep. But no, yeah. so, listen, food goes a long way. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah. So let me ask you something about um, on paying them. So, yeah. What is a good, you know, for the new listeners, people that, you know, looking mm-hmm. to get into this flipping stuff and how to pay a contractor. So right. how much should we pay them up front and should we buy supplies? Um, is, so. Because some some contractors will say, no, I got to get the supplies. What what do we do when we run it? Right. I mean, from a contractor perspective, like when I, when I'm working for a homeowner, most of the time I'm buying all the materials. Um, will I, will I sometimes allow them to buy them? Sometimes, but most of the time I do that, it ends up costing me money because they don't get all the materials. So then we're waiting around. They have to go get more materials. Well, they worked on a day, so they can't get them. So now we have to go to another job because we only had half a day's well, work. Well, what, what about from an investor? Let's look from at From an investor an standpoint. An investor, I have the supply list. I've walked around the place with you. You say, Mike, this is what I need. I say, yeah. okay, I'll order it. Yeah. No, uh, so from an investor standpoint, most investors or a lot of them, they will buy the materials and then and they get a labor price from the the, the contractor. Okay. So if it's just, if it's a labor price only that you're getting, yes. Um, and it's somebody you work with on on the regular basis. So I never like I I've have, never worked with this. So let's let's assume this is the first time brand you're using new somebody. brand new contractor never worked with them before. They spec the materials. You've ordered the materials, so then they know they have what they've asked for. And then, right. and it's a straight up labor price. How Personally, do I don't, I, 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 I lean against giving an upfront deposit because, well, I've already got two grand of materials, but is that the way you play it or do you do something else? Because right. no, every contractor no, wants to deposit. Right. So if, if they're buying materials and they're starting, then I would usually give them some money upfront because they're investing materials. If it's just labor, just I want to see them do some work before they get any pay. Sure. Know? So yeah. can you say, hey, we're starting on Monday. I'll pay you on Friday, or I have to, yeah, you know, I, get, I, get, I pay if weekly. It's a, if it's a if it's a full flip project, that's yeah. that's reasonable. Yeah, and then you, you're going to be you have a timeline. Yes, right. And then you have a timeline. So what you can do is, hey, Monday, you expect to have this much done per week, and you get to the end of the week, and you know that way you can kind of keep them on track too, time wise, if you're paying them by the week like that. Yes. So. Again, now if it's somebody you're working with on a regular basis, the rules can change quite a bit. You know, there's not as much babysitting per se, and and you because for me, I don't want I don't want to have to do that. I want to be able to tell the contractor this is what I want, and I want to walk back in there when it's all done. 
Yeah. I don't want to get calls because I have a lot of other stuff to do. Yeah, that so would be it, it great. Really dep- it depends on how much you want to be involved with the the job itself, and it depends how how much you want to grow and scale. You know. So do you um, do you use any apps like? So your contractor goes in. There's company cam. There's a few things where they could take pictures and you could actually see the work that was done that day. I don't have any apps that I use, but I tell them that I ask them to send me pictures. Yeah. Yeah. So that I can keep track. And then my oldest son who works for me, he also helps oversee it. So he will, I'll send him to go check on the progress sometimes. And, um, and me, the long range plan really is to have other people like running with that stuff. So I can just keep looking to acquire properties instead of managing them. Yes. Cause managing is the, yeah, is the worst. Yeah, that's, it's a job. Yeah, it slows you sure. up. It just slows you up. When I got a babysitting, yeah. everything slows you up. So yep. do, you, do you also think, should I just get a, a general contractor or should I get my all subs? Should I get an electrician? Should I get a plumber? Should I get a painter? Well, or do, yeah. I, do I go for the one guy and I got to um, hope that he works out? Because if he doesn't work out as a new flipper, yeah, I might be in trouble. Because right. you know, yeah, he walks I out, everybody walks out. Right. I've done it both ways. I personally like to oversee, but I like to be the GC and get the different subs that way. Yes. That way I can keep the job moving. Same here. Um, yeah. And if there, if somebody bails out, I got somebody else running. And since I have some of my own guys, we can jump in if we need to, to keep it moving. So yeah, I, I prefer doing it that way. And I think, you know, again, if you, again, if you have a, a sub, a general contractor that really works well for you and you've been doing it a while and you can trust them, then, then that works too. So, but a new investor, I, I think they should be a little more hands-on and sure, especially because they're going to learn a lot more too. And they won't know, uh, a lot of times a general contractor can really take advantage of, uh, a new investor like that. Cause they don't know what they're looking yes, at. Yes. They don't know what floors cost, what paint cost, what anything. Right. Costs. Mm-hmm. You know, or the just, quality yes. of the materials yes. or the quality of the workmanship. That One of the things from a contractor's perspective, oftentimes I hear, you know, like homeowners and these, these could be people that I know and they'll be like, oh, this is really quality house. And, and I'll know who built it. And I'll be like, I, I won't say it, but like they don't, you don't know what quality is necessarily by looking at it. Cause you're not, yep. you're not a contractor. So just cause it looks nice doesn't mean it was a quality job. Yeah. You know, so. So also what, so, so someone subbed it all out. They got all yeah. the subcontractors. Tell the, the newbies what they should actually do first. You know what I mean? Do they paint first? Do they uh, redo the bath? Oh. You know, I mean, okay. because I've seen this happen before, you know, people are doing it all wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, they, yeah, start, you wanna, they start painting, well, they still got to strip everything down. Right. So what we do, we go in and first of all, it's usually a, uh, um, complete cut a, a place that needs a lot of work yes. so right so we, we clean out all the trash um then we you start with like the uh utilities after that is there going to be electric that you got to run you got to cut stuff out because then you're cutting holes in walls and stuff so you you get all the mechanicals done first then you go you start you know you start putting it back together so you have all the rough ends done for electrical heating plumbing and then you may, if you have to insulate, that's the next thing. Then you, then you do the drywall, uh, trim, paint after all that. And then the flooring is usually last or right at the end. 
um, because otherwise, some a lot of people do this. They put the flooring in too early, and then it gets wrecked yep. because nobody wants to cover it. And you know, I just had a repair job a guy did, and because we had pipes burst and stuff, and he goes, he was supposed to hang. He had to hang some drywall and paint. They didn't cover the floors, so then he he said he was going to clean it, clean it, the whole thing when he was done, and. I go in there and I'm like, there's paint all over this floor, all over this floor. I don't know if it was paint or he said, oh, it was, it was spackle. And I'm like, okay, well, why didn't you clean it up? You get it off, right. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, I thought the cleaner was going to do that. I'm like, you said it was spackle. You were the one doing the spackling. Why didn't you cover the freaking floors? Yeah. Like, you know, so you just gotta have, you gotta have, you have to really set the bar and the ex- ex- expectations for each one. You know, I had one painter, he wasn't getting the job done. And he said he, you know, he had, I don't know what the issues were. There was all kinds of stuff. And finally, I just went over and I put a sign on the front of the building. He said, painter wanted with my phone number while he was working there. <laughs> yeah. And so he calls me. He's like, what are you doing? I said, sitting on my couch. You know, he said, what, 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 don't you want me to finish this job? He goes, I said, yeah, I want you to finish the job a month ago. And he's like, "Well, what's the sign up here?" I said, "I'm just preparing for the inevitable. Like, if you right. if you want if you get the job done, fine." Well, he he that was enough motivation, and then he worked like crazy on that job. So, I gotta uh, remember that. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I'm not trying to be a jerk to the guy. I like the guy, but um, you know what? You're you're you need to get the job done. I need to be a priority, and if I'm not, then I'm going to find somebody who will make me one. Yep. You know, because you said you're going to be done in a week and it's now going on three. You know, time is money in this business. If you're yeah. just getting into flipping, time is money. And I'm not saying I've always done it, done a, a management of that very well, but um, that's the better I manage the, that stuff, the more money we make. And I think that when you get those contractors that take forever, I probably have a couple cemeteries full of extra grandmothers that have died because the contractor didn't <laughs> yeah. get something done. Well, my grandmother yeah. died. Well, did you have four of them? Because we've already done three. So, yeah. how many grandmothers yeah. do you have? Oh, always it's, someone's it's, dying. Yeah. Right. It's always uh, family emergencies. Yeah. It's like the same excuses you get from your tenants. Like, it's like, oh, come on. Like, yeah. heard this one before. Yeah, they start to give those out. Um, I remember the one, and everybody has a different opinion on COVID, but this was after after the fact. And he said he had COVID. And, and um, but well, he's, he's, he's he was better in 24 hours. He's better in 24 hours. Well, I'm like, there's no, it's a vacant house. Like you, you can, you don't have to talk to anybody. Just go. <laughs> and he said, cause he said he didn't feel, he felt fine, but he had yeah. COVID. I'm like, or he might have COVID. I'm not sure how he thought he might have it because he didn't feel bad. So I don't know. Legally. Can I uh, ask who's alive in their family? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Cause I, don't, I, might, I, don't, I might put that on, you know, on the uh, to-do list. And I think, yeah. I think yeah. that, you you also have to with a lot of these contractors. Um, well, I, I shouldn't say you have to. I put lien waivers and lien waivers for subs. I sign with the contractor or whoever he is, and that says that him or anyone he brings on property has waived the right to put liens against my property for any way, shape, or form. Don't like that? There's the door. Next, I don't care. It was a lot harder to say right. there. There's the door. Next nowadays, but yeah. you know because. I've had them where I give the contractor money, he doesn't pay his sub, so the sub files yeah. a lien against me. Yeah. And even though my check said for plumbing, well, the money never got to the plumber, so the plumber kind of legitimately says I wasn't paid. 
So now, right. now I make it, you know what? If I give you a check for someone you brought on site, any of your crew, I don't care. You've signed a lien waiver. You want to fight that one in court, yeah. let's play. But I, I know, again, being a contractor, you probably hate that concept. <laughs> um, yeah. And as, again, it all goes back to like for, for us, I've been doing it so long. So people like they trust me and they know that I, where I live and I, I haven't made it in business for 30 years because I've been doing things wrong, you know, right. like sure. we, that matters. So, but I, but I deal with those same kind of subcontractors you're talking with in the, in that parade of idiots, you know, you're trying to find the good ones and they're out there, but you have to, you, you have to go through some of the bad ones to find the good ones. But, and, and when I'm trying somebody out, I don't, I give them even a lot less in the beginning. Like I, I, cause we've tried people out already and found out in an hour they were no good and had to fire them. Yep. So at least if I'm going to learn a lesson, it's not a lesson that's going to cost me a lot. Now, how do you how do you go on the other side of it? Because this is one other thing that we're working on possibly doing is escrowing money. So an investor can escrow money with us. So the contractor can look at an account and say, yep, my money is safe. It's with a third party. It's safe. I know it. Because I know, I know every contractor has their, well, this investor burned me stories. And yeah. probably most of them are completely true because there's a lot of idiot investors. investors out there too. I mean, mm -hmm. no one's innocent in any group. Um, but, you know, basically how do you – Besides them just knowing of you by brand, but if you're a newer investor, how do you show, listen, I'm not going to pay you up front, but I actually am going to pay you and I actually have the money to do it. How do you suggest a newer investor demonstrate their their own reputation if they may not have one? Right. So, yeah, because the contractor also is looking out for, all right, is this guy going to pay me or not, right? Um, so you're saying how do you, how do we, how do we, Demonstrate the money's really there or whatever. You know, besides, yeah. I mean, like, that's the reason Mike and I are talking about doing the escrow services because that way they can say, well, this third party is holding the money. I've already put the money in escrow, you know, kind of right. like Fiverr or some of those online services for web development and so forth do it. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that's not, yeah. A, that's not a bad idea. And that, that will definitely help. Uh, so the contractor knows that the money's there. Um, yeah. I mean, I've worked for, we did a commercial job where that's, that's the standard where they, you know, the bank is holding the draws and you essentially that's, you're, you're doing the same thing. Yeah, same idea. And uh, so I knew that they had the money to do the job. Sure. Yeah. But like, um, but I mean, do you, I mean, you probably don't have to cause people can just look you up and know that you're legit and you're not going to burn somebody for $500. But when you're a newer investor, besides an escrow thing, which is what we're starting, you know, how would you suggest the yes, the investor demonstrate to the contractor that you know what I I actually have the money for this I'm actually ready for this this isn't going to be well let's finish the job and Mister and Mister New Flipper yeah. will try to figure out where the money's coming from how, how well for, yeah. yeah first first of all like working for me working for a newer investor um, it's risky it's risky if they have no track record um, I don't know that there's a I, I only have to go off of their reputation maybe. Sure. But there's there's no real way to uh unless they teamed up with a, a seasoned yeah, investor. If, right. If they team up or they're working with um like you say say you know that they're working with somebody who has that they're getting the funding from, um, that happens all the time. So like I know I know I can talk to their lender to find that to make sure. You can probably you can you could probably get a setup that you get paid directly from the lender too, instead of the contractor. Because so, like some contractors you know, might take the money or, or investors, right. 
they get in trouble and they use the money for this job on another job. And next thing you know, they're short. So, um, the escrow idea I like, um, but as far as how do I, as an investor feel comfortable with a new invest or a, a, or a new invest, yeah, or new or vice versa. When it's somebody new, it's just, it's a risk no it's, matter how you look at it. I guess it's it. a, just like a gut feeling. Hey man, I think Troy's yeah, a great I mean, guy. I'm going to try him out. Let's right. And that's where I don't discount the whole, uh, you know, connection or vibe that you get from somebody like there's sometimes you meet somebody like people, people know, and my son is very similar to me. Like when they meet us, they, they just, you get a natural sense of whether you can trust somebody or not. Sure. Now, some people are really good con artists, right? And so they, you can, you can get the wrong vibes from them and then they rip you off. But, um, they're good at yeah, playing people. Yes. Yes. They're good at playing people. So I don't know. I don't think there's any real, any cookie cutter answer to that. I just know from like, say an investor that's, um, going to, or a, a private money lender who's going to lend to somebody who wants to do their first slip property. Um, if they pay more, they're going to have to pay higher interest because they're more of a risk at that point. Yeah. But if they, one of the best things they can do, I, I recommend that people who want to start flipping that they, they joint venture with somebody else who's already done it on their first one or two. Um, yeah, I just, I've, I've bought way too many properties off people who watch HGTV and it's like, Oh, I, I can do this, you know? Yeah. Man. And um, we, we come across them every day ourselves too. You know, they, right. they start a project and they did not, you know, they had no clue. Right. They right. Didn't, they, didn't, that, they didn't have the money to fund it or. Yeah. Or the, yeah. They, I mean, let's face it. When, when people go to uh, look at a project uh, or like a wholesaler comes to you and says, all right, this is the property. The, the ARV is 150. It's going to cost uh, 20,000. Yeah. Yeah. 20,000 for full. Well, first, they're they're most of the time off on their ARV. They, if, all and the then time. they're, and then they're off on their estimate for the rehab. And it makes sense because how do these people have any idea how to estimate rehab? Like they've never they done one. Yeah. Zero. You're talking right. about uh, if it's a wholesaler that's not really an investor, he has right. no clue. Yes. And we come across, we, we buy properties from wholesalers, but their numbers are always off. Always. Yes. And it's yep. always yep. like, I just need some paint and flooring. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Look and they don't even, <laughs> Where's the and they don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. You know? Uh, yeah, they're not up on prices, yeah. you know. They're not really doing it. They're just, you know. Yeah. Right, and some of them are just learning. A lot of wholesalers yes. will, like I had uh, one guy, he would just, he would ask me, I want you to come look at this one and just give me an idea. And and that's that's one of the ways you learn how to estimate stuff, um, you know, by talking to people. I went to look at one, he's like, I think this is a uh, $30,000. I'm like, no, this is like 90. Like you're, yeah, and, right. and he didn't, but he, and he was, I wasn't trying to be sarcastic with him, but. He just didn't know. You no, know? but if if we if maybe we could educate him somehow. Maybe you can make you make a video for wholesalers, yeah. like you know, or walk them through a property and mm-hmm. this is what flooring costs and this is how yeah. I calculate a kitchen or right now he just kind of gathered information. He'd ask on Facebook groups like, "Hey, how much does it cost on average to paint a room? Or how much is flooring?" I mean, that's and you gather that information, you write it down, and then you see how it pans out on the on the job and. He's doing really well. This this particular guy's doing really well for himself. He's well, learned how to. He definitely. He's learned how. He sounds smarter than most of them because they don't yes. do that. So yeah, at least right. he, he has a general idea. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
but a lot of these, yeah. I, you see them all over Facebook, you know. And, and, that, yeah. and, 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 that, and that's the important part, is, is you build a general idea of what something costs, say, okay, 10 bucks a square foot should paint and floor a house in this market, obviously, you know, Philly, different from Scranton, whatever, you know, boom. And then, mm-hmm. and then at least if you're a wholesaler, you can show your end investor, and they may not agree with your numbers, but at least they know you didn't just make it up. Right. Oh, it's a complete flip, $15,000. What? <laughs> you're not yeah. even buy your cabinets for that in some markets. <laughs> right. And and the thing is now, like, prices, you know, as, as you guys know, have drastically changed. They, yep. They're all over the place. So um, it's you constantly have to be updating that, you know. So like a con- on our contracts, we don't guarantee our prices at all. Like, if there's, we have in the price, this is what it is at this date. But if the prices go up in the materials, that will be, re, you know, you're going to have to be paying yes. more. Yeah. So, but so, you just, you mean, just, what you would just charge them the difference. Yes. There's no upcharge or anything like that. No, so no, no. And and it's, it's, a, it's simply an escalation clause. And most people understand that. Like, how can you, listen, I did, I did one job last year. I got burned on. That was it. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. It's like, like listen, um, the, the the day I bid the the day I bid this job, plywood was twenty five dollars. The next day, it was seventy five dollars. I can't take that, that out a, of my butt. <laughs> that know? was the situation. I bid it, and this at the time the OSB price was seventeen something. By the time I bought it, it was forty five. That's yeah. last summer we're talking about, right? And you're not. Yep. And, uh, I mean, you you don't have the, you don't have thirty bucks a sheet times a hundred sheets, and you you know as extra right. play in your budget, you just don't. You know? Right, you got it. So. Yeah, that's the kind of stuff. So you know, they, most people understand that you know they, they that we don't have control over that. Yeah. So I don't know anything else we want to tell uh, people out there listening. No, I just think um, as far as the market goes now, um, I think right now it's one of the riskier times to flip. If but you're, if you're new, what? Yes, if you're new with with with, with the prices going, kind of yes, you never know. And so, <laughs> So I, what I do when I buy, like we're still buying. I'm, I mean, I got one locked up yesterday. I looked at it yesterday, got it under contract yesterday. And the reason I'm buying it, because uh, I'm, I have two extra strategies. Well, either like we're doing a flip too, and the flip is if we can't flip it and make money, I can rent it out and and still make money. Yeah. So, uh, like I, I wouldn't buy something that is maybe in a higher price point where you're not going to be able to rent it out and still make money. Um, and, you know, nobody can predict the future, but, um, you know, things are definitely slowing down. And uh, that if you're an investor, the, um, in my opinion, that's the time you want to crank it up. You know, I, or I'm gearing up to buy lots of properties in the next couple of years. Cause I think they're, we're already seeing people are, are tr- trying to do the burn method and they can't, they can't refinance and get the same amount of money out. Now they have to sell. I'm seeing, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing uh, price as a, as a broker, I'm seeing price reduce, price reduce, price reduce. Yeah. I know I'm dropping prices on a bunch of things. Yeah. And finally, yeah, and, as a, as a, as a rental investor, this is, you know, first time in a couple of years, I'm seeing things where I'm like, you know what? Cause I'm, I'm really hard. If it's, if it doesn't have a 30% maintenance vacancy management pad, I don't want to touch it. Yeah. And I'm like, first time in a couple of years, I'm like, okay, things are starting to come back to where you can think about it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because um, yes. unfortunately, I started buying in 2010 when I had 18% cap rate, taking a third off the top for maintenance vacancy management. So I yeah. kind of get spoiled. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm in, kind of in the same position like this. I'm buying one. The one I got under contract yesterday, we're paying 40. It's um, 
ARV is easily 75, 80,000 and it doesn't need anything, right? Uh, it's already done and, nice. um, and it'll rent out for 1200 a month. So for a $40,000 investment, you can't beat it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm buying something with instant equity, Yep. like almost 50% and it's going to cash flow like crazy. Yes. See that's so, a that's a score. Yeah, you can't. You, you, not, those deals you can't any, say no to if they come across the table. Right. Yeah, and and I'm not using any of my own money. I'm using private money to buy it. Then we're going to refinance it and get yeah. more out of it than we. And sure. So you'll, you'll walk away with money. None of my own money. Yes, yeah. and you're yeah. going to walk away with money at the closing table. Yep. Yep. So that's the best. That's the best scenario. So I guess we're going to finish up. Me and Steve actually have a house to look at now. Yeah. Another thing, 50 grand. We'll probably be in for 50 and it's ARV is pretty good, about 180 yeah. to 200. So, wow. That's really good. And if, it, and, and if it falls apart, it's going to rent for 1800 a month. So, okay. Right. Somebody else's money, you know, somebody yes. else's 100 grand's in for 100. We can easily yep. refire our way back out and yep. 1800 a month. Okay. Fine. You know? Yeah. So, so that's why I say like, People, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a bad time to buy. I'm like, no, no, no. This is best time. This is the time to buy. Yeah, it's never a well, bad time to buy if the deal works. It's yeah, just exactly finding right. that deal That's, is harder. You will find right, a, lot, a lot of more distressed people now too coming up. Right, and there's there's just there's deals in every market. That's why I don't. I mean, and I, I we found even through when nobody was finding properties, we were finding them. Um, so. You know, it's just that's a whole nother podcast about yes. how to find properties. But um, <laughs> we will de- we'll, we'll, we'll definitely come back to you for that. And yeah, whenever, gonna, whenever yeah. you're ready, we're going to end it because, I, like I promise you, you got about three minutes left. And uh, yes, yeah. I got to get on my yeah, other. I know. One, so. so hey, this has been All awesome, right. Troy. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You great, great talking to you guys. I appreciate it. Um, I will. Uh, you'll if you could send me some information, I'll okay. put it on the description below. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? Actually, you want to tell so, them that one. Yeah, so we are on uh, our Instagram is Good Contracting. Then there's Good Family Investors. Um, I mean, you can my you can put in like my cell phones okay. if you want. You if you want to tell so, them right now, you can tell them right now too. Yeah, six six one zero four six eight three eight four eight. I know you best like- way is texting me first. So if you don't try and call me. Try and text me first. <laughs> <laughs> Unless your foot is no longer attached to your body, don't yeah. f- dial my phone. Just don't. Exactly. You got <laughs> yeah. it. You do meetups. You do podcasts. You're available for yeah, a lot we, of stuff. Actually, you're a mastermind like, guy, right? Yeah, we have, and we have like I run a uh, guys only um, real estate meetup. Yeah, that I still we want do to get to randomly. that. I haven't been there yet. Yeah. yeah. I get, you know, a lot of the ladies don't like that, but you know, they have a lot of their own stuff. So, what do you got going uh, on there? That's guys only. Uh, I just started it because I was like, there's all these women only real estate stuff. And I'm like, why can't, why, maybe we should try one with just the guys. And little did I know how it's popular it was wow. going to be. So um, the guys love it. We do, we do a variety of stuff. It's not a typical meetup. It's, it's the main emphasis is on um, networking. So like we'll go to the place we went in Pottstown. We went to JJ Radigan's and had the whole basement. It was a bar area. We had like 15 to 30 minutes of a little education and introduction. And then everybody just networks and it's we do them random places. We did them in Hamburg, down in Limerick. But that's so, great. Yeah, it's fun. Yep. That's fun. And you're definitely going to be coming to one of ours. Yes, October 16th, right? Yes. You're good with dates. Yep. Yep. I got, well, I write, I do, I live by that calendar. Yes. So. I'm bad with that. <laughs> 
But uh, all right, good. Well, thank you. Right. It's been a yeah, pleasure. For thank me. you for joining us at the uh, REACN podcast. I'm Mike Bazadona, my Steve partner Franco. Steve Franco, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, Troy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the REACN podcast. And if you're not a member yet, please go and sign up today. It's free. Realestatecommunitynetwork.com.